Hello and welcome to the Carpetrage Podcast, episode 290. I am Eric Berger, joined as always by my co-host Ryan Sinensky. Mm. Hello. Delicious hams. Yeah, I am looking forward to this. I'm really happy that they had this in the refrigerated section. Because if we had to wait for that to cool down on a day like today, it would have taken some time. No, it had never been cool. It was terrible. I like summer. Summer's better than winter. I'd rather have this than be cold. I disagree. Oh, have you ever just like driven by like a beach before? Yeah. And yeah, I'm no, about it's to just go to one man. Life is objectively better. It's in just the too summer. hot to work on cars, though. I like all the. I seasons. guess I don't know that. Yeah, well, you have an air conditioned. I know garage. I have got yeah, an air conditioner. Well, yeah. You also own a Ferrari, and you made the life decision of Ferrari ownership without an air conditioner. Can I have, have I mentioned how much I hate associations? <laughs> well, Even though I'm on the board of it, yeah. still getting approval to get an air conditioner. Good lord! Yeah. <laughs> how just, does that require approval? I'm just gonna do you, it. Why don't you just put an air conditioner in your garage at I'm home? Just gonna do it. No, there's no insulation that's full of holes. I crypto mine in there. Like, that's fine. It, honestly, uh, my garage is only like one quarter insulated. Um, Let me show you the internal temperature of my garage right now. Oh my god! There's also oh, eleven thousand watts of mining in there. You also you got uh, you got rid of all the trees around it. There was only one, but I did get rid of that. That's why piece of shit. Also, great candidate for solar now. Yeah, no, the getting rid of the tree was your problem. Because my tree like cuts down a ton of heat in my garage. This actually isn't bad. Last year was 109. I put in a ducted louver fan in there. Great. Anyway, it's going to be air conditioned here at some point. Bef- you know what's, what's next summer? It's going to be so much nicer. I don't know. Just don't you. Well, that's fine. Because you're know, the the HOA. That's gonna be yelling at you. See, that's like my neighborhood. That's we were talking about how great St. Paul is last episode. We were, and I was. Talking to Andrew Chase about this, and I was saying, like, yeah, no, I love my neighborhood. It's great. I can just go out my alleyway, sub some cans, and make a shooting gallery, and nobody's a shit. Like, because it's, like, borderline to, like, two very high-crime neighborhoods. And I'm just like, not my fucking problem. Like, Do you know what's not going to get called in right now? That's... Me shooting varmint or yeah, cans. exactly. Like, <laughs> as, long, as long as I put a can on the gun and it's not super loud, it's fine. People have seen the fireworks. But anyway, so, because people are probably fine with me doing that... That means they're not give a shit if I put an air conditioner in my garage. Well, yeah, but like, uh, yeah. I just can't, I can't believe that. Like, they're like, no, you can't have an air conditioner. They haven't said I can't do it, but here, like, I like you, to it, play by the rules. You know, it's always better to beg forgiveness than for approval. I'm just going to play dumb. But like, that was always here. I think you should just put it in. I'm probably going to, because I'm sick of waiting for the AC contractor and the board to do their thing. How do you need an AC contractor? You just put a... You find wall. You cut hole in the wall. You stick. Well, the thing is, I gotta, I gotta air push the. Well, I'm gonna put a mini split in here because they're super efficient, and they also heat in the winter, which is way better than electric boiler heat. But these are built like hangers, so there's an eight by eight every five feet. There's no studs in the wall, yeah. but there's plenty of insulation, so I still have to be able to feed everything through. And I'm kind of waffling on whether I put it upstairs or downstairs because one's better for heat, one's better for cooling. I don't know yet, Ryan, but I will get it done. I I know all about HVAC. I do it all the time at work. Curtains, curtains. Take one of those out and make a half-sized push-out window and then put the AC bracket on the bottom. Done. I'm going to mount the the outdoor unit under the deck. I'm I'm just thinking of how I would do it for zero money. 
And then for your spare wood, you'd go find some wood in your alleyway. Because that's oh, what yeah. I did. Somebody <laughs> disassembled their house, and there's a bunch of really nice wood. And so I'm like, perfect. I will go take this wood. You go out to the rural country to find a disassembled barn? I went to my alley. Yeah, exactly. I had to go. I, I walked there. It was great. I love living in the inner city. It is so much better. <sighs> Patreon.com forward slash Carbitrage on the super cool website. You're going to find three open-ended levels of support for people that listen to our podcast just like you to support us. Uh, Buck a month, maybe more if you want, whatever. It doesn't matter. We'll you know, keep recording either way, I but thank bet you. we might be able to send somebody or give somebody, if they want to find us, a sticker if they can leave us a good review. Yes, actually. If you're local to us, especially, and I don't have to do much, I have... No, you need to come to us. We will give you a sticker once you find us. Yeah, come on the podcast, actually. Yes. Or come find us. Come find it'll, us. It'll be a fun adventure. I will give you a sticker and or a podcast it's, it's or... It's a quest oh, for your reward. Yes. You get to go on a quest for your sticker. With no microtransactions. No microtransactions. So all we request is a good review, and we will give you a sticker. Head on over to your favorite podcast repository that has reviews, and go ahead and leave us a five-star. Once I am personally, if you find me, if I am personally out of Carbitrage stickers, I will give you a different sticker. But you'll get a sticker. Hopefully a Carbitrage sticker. Uh, and I will give Ryan more Carbitrage stickers. Yes, too. so likely a Carbitrage <laughs> sticker. But if you're out, it'll be a Constellation sticker. Don't well. you worry. There will be a sticker. Yes. <laughs> you will get a sticker of sorts. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway. So. All right. Uh, beer. Drinking hams. Yep. I'm still finishing off the last of this now the, quite warm Colorado Kool-Aid. Beer but refreshing from the land of sky blue waters. Also from the land of sky blue waters, which is, of course, France. The Twingo turns 30 this year. Yay! Oh. That's actually a quote from the can. Ryan is just demonstrating that to me. So the Twingo turns 30 <laughs> Very this year. Good. And a designer from Holland has decided to take one of the original first-year models and do a translucent see-through-ish design thingy made out of electricity to, to celebrate it. Jana had, a really, Jana had a really good TikTok. She showed everyone of a guy just pressing all of the buttons inside of a Twingo. Very good. And they're all great. Like, every button's weird. And they probably all still work, too. They all work, and they're all weird. Like... The horn is where you expect it. Pushing into the end yep, of the stock. Exactly, right where it belongs. Yep. <laughs> um, but like the the window switches have like a weird kind of like motion to them. The um track controls are three hundred and sixty degree. Uh, so you know like where you have like zero through four for yeah. your and when you're done with four, you usually just go backwards. Correct. This one you can just go back to zero from four. That's you can nice. just continue rotating it up. Well, that's cool. Why aren't all like that? I don't know, because the Twingo's better and everything's worse than a Twingo. Merci, Twingo. Yeah, no, the Twingo oh, just showed us that. the way. <laughs> yes, it did. Merci. The, <laughs> the Twingo showed us the way. So that's I cool. I really like the Twingo. Twingos are good. Look Twi- how happy that car You is. cannot be unhappy with the Twingo. I've got, like, 90s bus upholstery. I've got French switches. I've got the horn in the right place. This one's made out of electricity, and it the has, car like, is a, happy to see you. It is so happy to see us, and it's got, like, a candy interior. I Very just, good. This is... Uh, this, what sure. a great way to celebrate the 30th birthday of the Twingo. I love the Twingo. I'm happy, happy to be of this. the same era as this car. So, I feel honored. I want to talk about uh, the future of classic cars. Okay. Which, Twingo, I guess, kind of counts. It's going like, be there. Absolutely. The, twi- the, the Twingo's absolutely there, but I think... Something that a lot of people are really sleeping on. I've talked about this before. Is classic, like like pre nineteen, like Back to the Fifty style cars. Yeah, Back to the Fifty style cars. 
the giant American land yachts from the 1950s and 60s. Okay. Because the 70s ones are cool, but, like, the 50s and 60s had, like, the really charming mid-century design because, like, uh, in 1958 there was a recession between 1953 and 1958. You had, like, totally wild... Like the boom at the peak of America. Not only that, but you had these military industries not making military shit, so it hit I mean. super high quality products. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. It's insane. And so, and then after the recession, like they had this era where like hot rodding was like the cool thing, and so all the manufacturers were trying to appeal to the hot riders, the copos, and all that. Yeah, not, yeah, exactly. Like, well, and like even like yeah, extra copo, central office production order car. But, like, yeah, they, like, you can get everything with, like, a cool engine. You can get everything with, like, some cool brake package. Like, everything yeah. was available with a cool option. Like, my, the, like Janus Buick, you could just get a limited slip differential. Right. It was just like, a, as a box you check. And it's the not, dealers ordered them that way, and too. And you could just nah, stuff it in. Like, nah. that's cool. But, like. What was that car with the, the custom top fabric in the late 50s? Mod top. Yeah. Mopar. Mod tops. Yep. Talk about cool. Yeah, Mopars are great. Like, there's so many cool different Mopars. Uh, sorry, Best Scott, one to import as of now. Shit. Are you I'd talking collector car or uh, probably, Twingo? Probably Twingo. Mm. Best one to import. I would probably say the late 90s ones, actually. Oh, you're thinking like the, the second gen? I'm no, no, it? no, the first gen Twingo. Because the first gen Twingo went to the early 2000s. Yeah, but didn't they facelift it in 97? No. Um, oh, no. I thought they did. I mean, it was a facelift, but it was still the same thing. They had a second generation that was completely different. Right, right, right. But, like, um, the first gen, like, it got a different front end, kind of, in the late 90s. No, they just, like, improved it. Oh, okay. Uh, I would say the, like, uh, mechanical issues on Twingos. I don't know. That's a Darren question. That is a Darren question. I will ask Darren next time I talk to him about we will, me- we will get back to you. Mechanical Small problems extension. with Twingos. Ooh, one, one liter, 1.1? Man, they, oh, it's a French car. It's a French city car. They definitely had teeny, teeny little engines. I'm looking at their wiki right now. Just because we love them, we don't necessarily you know, know about ha- them. Half half the fun of loving a car is the mystery behind it. That's like when I buy my Avantime. I don't care what engine it has. I will find my way around the problem. And if it's terrible, I'll put a K-Series in it. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. You, you know what's good? A K-Series Avantime. Uh, the smallest engine was a 1 liter. The largest was a 1.2 liter. You could have a five-speed, a five-speed automated, automated manual, or a three-speed auto. You could get a pre-selection in that thing. Yeah, they wow. all weighed seventeen hundred forty-two oh, pounds. So good. Um, but if you look at like the like the ninety-eight to two thousand, I think it was like the right era because that's when they like whatever the most bus fabric and yeah, that's what I mean. Like it was like the like the that kind of like. That, that's when they were like really kind of going ham with it. Hams? Yeah, hams. <laughs> but you could still get all the cool special editions and everything, but it wasn't quite... Um, Here's a question for you. Hmm. Did Twingos have more or less special editions than the Fiat 500? Fewer. Damn. Also, thank you for saying it correctly. I think it, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's fewer. I would have to imagine. So the Fiat 500 is basically made out of special editions. Yeah, like every year in every market had like yeah. three special editions every year. Great. Great. Um, any car that's got that many special editions, you know, is going to be oh, happy. Yeah, so this is it. Uh, in 1996, you can get the one point, the, the 1149cc engine in the Twingo from a Clio. I said 1.1 liters and I was inadvertently correct. But um, well, it's a 1.2 because you round up. No, no, but, no, no, 149. Yeah, you still round up. Okay, Mercedes. If it's if it's 
like eleven. Okay, if it's no, if it's eleven oh one by FIA standards, you have to round up. You always round up. Well, I don't because I'm a pedantic prick. I know, but I'm talking about like sure. by FIA, like so, like in like racing category. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. So if, if you if sneeze over a, a cubic centimeter, yeah, it's, no, it, it is absolutely that. So, um, but yeah, you can get the uh, Twingo engine, which should be more powerful, more uh, faster. I I agree. In no. in the real world, eleven forty nine. Yes, no, eleven forty nine is one point one. I get but, you. By cars, right. cars are not correct. Well, I mean, like, and that came from bikes too. It's like, well, you can't have a five hundred one. That's a six hundred. I'm like, okay, you're right. Yeah, you're exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. But anyway, the Twingo, yeah, there. You, well, you, you can also imagine how much like manufacturers would fuck with that. Oh yeah, if there's room, they'll take a mile. Yeah, so that's why I didn't do it. Especially the French. Also, did you know there's a license built? Uh, Renault Twingo made in Japan. I did not. That sounds even yes. better. Is it okay? Tell, tell me made, more. Made. It was called a Renault Twingo. It was just had. It was made by Yanasi so in better. Japan, and I it want just one of those. the VIN started with a J. That was the only difference. I want a J Twingo. Yeah, it's a right hand. I assume it's right hand drive. Yeah, of course. Ah, damn yeah. it! I don't want the stocks on the wrong side. No, it's fine. Can I retrofit those? No, they. I, I'm, it's a Twingo. I'm absolutely sure that the stocks are in the exact same location. <laughs> like the horn is still here. Yeah. Very, the, very the horn good. will always be right here. Uh, so I don't think they did it backwards. I think they literally put no effort into it. But the Renault Twingo One um, was in production until 2012 in oh, yes. Colombia. Colombia, thank you. What a beautiful country. Yes, very good. Also, I appreciate your M156 reference, Scott. He says 6,208 is 6.3. Thanks, Mercedes. Yes, that's correct. Uh, that's uh, not. Just like the Ford 302 is 4.9 liters. Yeah, four nine thirty eight. In America, it's a five zero because FIA rules. FIA, but yeah. I don't it's know. I'm very much round to nearest. So. I, I I have to go by well because all the cars I'm really into are based off of like what class are in no, Japan. And Japan's like closer to FIA. Right. Actually, Japan's stricter than FIA. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> dude. That's like two. Yeah, like you want to talk about a strict governing body? Look at road cars. Exactly. Don't look yeah. at racing. Yeah. Okay. No. So that's why Mercedes just makes up garbage. So. What do the tax records say? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. And tax records agree with what you just said. You are over a certain CC. It's a bigger engine. You've exactly. got a 2001 CC. It's a 2.1. Yep, that's exactly why. Well, that's why I go by FIA, right? Because like that's like if they Closest call it the road, it, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I want to talk about like it's like these like 50s era cars and stuff. <laughs> Fiscal horsepower, <laughs> exactly. God, but um, these 50s era cars. Uh, what I really like about them, what I think is like something that actually appeals to most people, is the fact that like. Anybody can drive. Yeah, you oh, don't yeah. have some like wild special. You don't have to like, learn standard to drive. controls. Yeah, like you don't, and like even then, like it, you often, if you don't have a manual, everything's so vague. It's probably better without a manual. To be honest. <laughs> oh no, I started my power glide in second. Well, yeah, like I can imagine, like, well, I'm just imagining like <laughs> how cursed it would be to drive Jana's Buick with a manual, with how vague every other thing is except for the shifter because like i'm just telling you like how weird it would be it would like be so a fact, great though too because like the steering wheel you can go like this and it will literally spin lock to lock mm-hmm. and everything is just to the nearest foot and i'm just imagining with a manual transmission how that would feel is the shifter would probably feel like it's made of butter well, yeah. If it's if it's a correct to the Buick, you would have to make it all rubber all the it, way. Through. Yeah, it would. It would just. It would be horrible. Uh, or like it would be like some like weird like 
agricultural manual like stuck into something that like into like a fifties Cadillac. Oh, like the eight fifty like, trans. Yeah, like it's re- not of a caterpillar. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like the rest of the car is so nice and smooth, and you're just like, yeah, this is great. And then you're like grinding gears because it's like a not synchro mesh. Yeah, exactly. But like it, the thing but is, that the, makes it worse, Ryan, and worse is better. That is true. I was actually going to get to that. Oh, it's sorry. Like, so they did have manuals available in some cars where it's like you can get a manual Tri Five, you can get manual shoot Fords for the most part. But like, I think like the, and like even with the manuals, is you had so much torque because you didn't have to like really feel bad. I haven't tried a manual so bad that I'd prefer an audio. Auto. This is why I want to try a manual juke because those were universally lauded for being the worst manual transmission. I, I've ever. never even knew that existed. That might be terrible. You could get a um, manual front wheel drive juke. I can tell you that I'm imagining how a manual transmission would feel in a Buick, and I cannot be good. But that's fine. Yeah, because like the thing is, like with flathead Ford three speed comms oh, manuals. Yeah. With two those are good um, because the manual is all mechanical linkage mm-hmm. all the way. There's no bushing. Your bushing is brass. Bushing wasn't even a defined English word when yeah, this was no, made. your bushings yeah. were made of brass and like <laughs> and like shoebox Fords. So like at, you know when everything's working. Like it's everything's greased. Right. It, that's how everything works. It feels great. Like. I could feel five nipples in this language. Yeah, and I can. I'm just like I'm just. I've driven some like really bad, like a Honda manual with no bushings in it, or like a Vanagon manual. Oh, I haven't driven that. Awful. You would just. You have to know where it goes. I have a kind of strange question. This is going to be part of a tangent. Do you watch Robot Cantina on YouTube? He's a he's so. a Kansas gentleman. He's famous for putting like supercharged lawnmower oh, engines in cars. Yeah. He is now doing a, a 1969 Renault with a V-twin Predator engine, and he's having problems oh, yeah. with the linkage. Yeah, no, he did the uh, Kubota three-cylinder diesel. Saturn. Uh, yes, I, I do. I do watch. His channel is fascinating. Yes, he does do cool things. Yes. Also, another guy that does not do custom captions, missed opportunity, just saying, because at the end of a Technology Connections video, I need to know what type of jazz I'm listening to. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, anyway, sorry. So... With, like, the thing is with these, like, pre-war cars, or not pre-war, sorry. Fuck. With these, like, 50s era cars, is like, you have everything that's, like, you can fix it with a hammer. Yeah. Anybody can fix it. You're going to feel like a rock star every day you come out of the garage, because, like, you fixed the problem. The dirt on you did something. Yeah, like, whenever I work in a Buick, I feel like a million bucks, because, like, I didn't come into some weird shit that requires me to, like... Also, you could fix it with things you have. Yeah, Exactly. I don't need to get weird tool. I've had to get two weird tools the entire time I've was worked. Was it all for the fuel tank? No, I had no. to get, weirdly enough, no, the fuel tank actually was easy. It was simpler than I was imagining it to be. Okay. Which is, like, the worst part. Um, <laughs> but, no, I had to get a crescent wrench for the starter, for the upper starter bolt. Oh, like And then that. I had to get a 5 eighths line wrench. For the transmission okay. cooler. Yeah, I guess that checks but out. But those are the only two special tools I've had to buy. And like a... Yeah, a flare wrench, though. Like, if you work on cars, like, it happens. Yeah. It, like, it, those make sense. Like, the crescent wrench I can reuse for other things. Yeah. I just thought that was so weird that I had to get a curved wrench to do that. You're talking like a crow's foot where it's bent at the end? No, the entire thing is curved. Look at what a crescent wrench is. It's very strange. Just a five-eighths crescent wrench. All right. Five. It is a wrench where the entire wrench is curved 180 degrees in a curve. 
Now, we're going to be cucked by the fact oh, that Crescent's a name brand. God th- damn it. Type in just curved wrench. I want to see... It's oh, not, that's not, not, it. not okay. a crow's foot. Curved. Is literally a, a, the entire body of the wrench is cur- right that there. That bad boy. That, yep, that's the exact one I have. That is the weirdest tool I've had to buy. Half moon. Half moon wrench. There we go. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Uh, I don't own these. I might have to buy one. Yeah, actually. Because working yeah, on a Buick, it. apparently, a lot like a Lamborghini. Apparently. Oh, uh, but yeah, like, you just, everything's super easy. You feel like a million bucks. There's so much interesting technology. Well, you like fixing the car, you can actually fix it. Yeah. You, and like upgrading the like electronics, it's like upgrading a computer. Yeah. But like you don't have to worry about things. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like, so easy. Like, I need to replace some vacuum tubes. Oh no. Well, the stereo's gonna sound like garbage either way, so I guess I can go with some vacuum tubes from like Axeman and hopefully they work. Wouldn't you know it? It's socketed and they do work. Yeah. Like it, it's just like you come across so many things in these old fifties cars where it's like you like you can get like the weird thing, and but it's like still attainable. And it's not just because it was made in America; is like that's part of it. Yeah. But like even like people in Sweden like don't have problems like finding these things. And that's why they're so huge in Sweden. Is like it's very similar to a woodworking project where you can just make the thing. I mean, we talked about this earlier in the episode. Even uh, touched on it. I guess I should say not talked about it. But this is post-war effort. Like cost no object engineering. Yeah. So like not only. Are the tolerances like ten times tighter on a fifties car than a forties car? Yeah. So things last. Yeah. You don't need to rebuild your engine every thirty thousand miles well, it's anymore. Like, things are still like the tolerances aren't that tight, but like they came up with solutions during the war with yeah. the tolerances that they had. So like with the Buick, things are for, are far apart. Well, you just simply like don't have Babbitt bushings. That's step one. Again, like, yeah, like the, the difference. They came in, up with solutions so like, it can be fixed in a, in a field. Exactly. And yeah. Like, yeah, garage rebuild of a 50s V8, like a nail head. You don't you need can, plastic gauge for that shit. You just buy bearings and you put them in. Yeah, and you're exactly. good. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, looser tolerances. There you go. Run a heavier oil. Exactly. You're done. It's really, you're really great. <laughs> and so many of these cars, like, I cannot stress this enough. These cars are getting cheap. Like, because all the old geezers that were, you know, they were gatekeeping them. They're all dead. Yeah, because they thought COVID and, was fake. Well, yeah, and it's like also that like they didn't want to teach their daughter. They're like Gen Z daughter or their Gen X daughter to like work on the car. Well, old geezer died. Now Gen X daughter doesn't know what the fuck they're looking at. They don't want it. Right. And so they sell it. Or like elder millennial daughter just like sells shitty old American car. And then like. Now you find stuff like Randwin like, Park. Yeah, like Jana's Buick was like thirty five hundred bucks. I found a sixty one LeSabre, which is like the exact spec I wanted for twenty two hundred, and I was very upset I could not make that happen because it was very good. It had the wraparound rear window. Oh yeah, it was lowered a little bit. Somebody cut the springs on it. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And Perfect. They, they had side pipes on it. They had baby moons. Like it was a really really good build, and like also. That car that that guy built took him like ten minutes to do in his garage. He just took the springs <laughs> out, cut them in half because they're progressive rates or they're constant rate springs. It's fine. Who cares? Yeah, linear. Uh, but to yeah. that point, like the dude did it in his garage with like whatever the auto parts company was down the road's ten dollar jack and a cutting torch. Like, the, yeah, it took him ten minutes. To your point, yeah, and like the the hardest part of that was getting some cool side pipes. 
That was the hardest part was getting cool side pipes. Yeah, to go down the street to Jim Bob's exhaust for that. Well, no, because they're actually like nice and chromed. Like oh. they're not like nor. Well, yeah, they're like. So nice. you bought catalog side yes, pipes. Yes, ca- yeah, yeah. He, he, the hardest part was Mail finding, finding a JC a JC Whitney side <laughs> pipe. Yeah, that's what he had to do. But it's like it's just such a cool car, a and it's just like these cars are just like so easy to work with, and like yeah, you can get them with rust. It sucks in Minnesota, but it's like. Also, if you know anybody the welder, like it's not like patch panels are a thing. That's yeah, patch just... panels are a thing, and also it's not structural for the most part. Like yeah, if the, no, if the frame, frame, if the frame's fucked, you might have a problem. But you know what's beautiful? You can get a frame too. B body frames for GMs were the exact same for everything. The Buick has an X frame, which is a little weird. But like Pontiac also made those, so it's now like it's unattainable. Like all these parts are kind of like there. Like they're really cool, and then like. You can get, like, cooled hot rod things, which are even better. And it's just, like, old American things and just, like, old cars in general of that era, even European cars. Yeah. Like, there's just so much value for money and just, like, ease of ownership. Is it, it really reminds me a lot of owning a Honda in the 2000s. All right, so I'll go get a Monteverdi high-speed. Nah, maybe not that. But you can get a Mercury Monterey, which would be cool. That is different. That is a different car. But a very cool car. Well, I'm not saying you're wrong. It's got a roll-down rear window. Like that is soul. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's canted backwards, and, like, the bumpers are, like... There are interesting design the, the elements. The bumpers are, like, that thick. They're, like, 7 16 inch bumpers. Like, a gauge steel. It's they just, laugh at the 1974 DOT requirements. Yeah. No. They're, yeah. They're, they're five-mile-an-hour <laughs> crash bumpers because you have to be going faster than five miles an hour to deform the bumper. Still nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess we'll step her up to five, huh? Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's... <laughs> Like, Gunch's bumpers are literally... I don't know how many more of these I can do, man. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. I'm saying Gunch's bumper is as thick as the rubber on my phone case. That's oh, how, I believe you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 100%. How thick it is. They're like 250-pound bumpers. Yeah, and so, like, you get these, like, cars where it's like, no, they're not fuel-efficient. But, like, you know what? Nothing's going to be fuel-efficient Yeah, but you're not driving those every day. Who cares? Exactly. Like, Do you think anything I own is fuel-efficient? Actually, if you want something that's, like, almost fuel-efficient, you can get, like, a stove-bolt Chevy, which, like... Like, a stove-bolt Tri-5 is probably a pretty fuel-efficient vehicle. If you honest. get it without the Glide. Yeah. Well, mm, the glides actually, don't lock up. They're not very efficient. I was going to say, I, they'd probably be fine on the highway. Because you're just not well, making stall, any revs. But you're not yeah. making any revs. Anyway. Yeah, but, yeah. To your point, yeah. I mean, they don't make any power, so they don't... They, man, the carburetor is like this... It's teeny. Yeah, it's not doing anything. But, like, for, like, a 4.1 liter engine, like... Yeah, they're great. That, so, is, yeah. that is the first time in my entire life I've heard a stove bolt described in liters. Well, we'll be coming back to <laughs> So let's talk about your next topic, and then I'll come back. After your topic, Holy I will shit. tell you why I called a stove bolt a 4.1. Okay, fine. So last episode, right at the end, I gave you the lowlights and the highlights of Pikes Peak. My favorite highlight, and I still haven't found the actual crash footage because BMW sponsored the car, but the XM, that terrible, horrific-looking awful plug-in hybrid suv crashed they just binned it immediately 738 horsepower and a thing you can buy however why i bring that up and my feeble attempt at a segue is bmw is bringing that powertrain to a 5 series wagon which does not have the buck teeth and they're bringing it to the united states so good not ugly more BMW wagons. Oh, I found United it. States. 
You found the interior crash footage of the XM? No, I just saw the after effects. Oh, yeah. Well, that's great. It looks a lot better. It looks way better when it's been corrected by a mountain on the right front. I hate this piece of shit. It is awful. But anyway, that drivetrain is is going to the wagon. I don't care about BMWs. That does not have the beaver teeth like the M3. So even though you can get the M3 wagon with a manual, it still comes with the... Dude, it's a wagon. I still have to mention something. But it still has an automatic. It's still a stopgap era vehicle. And we're going to be trudging through this for the next 10 years. Just like, why, Fevs? This is what I'm wondering. Why are you concerned about cars that suck? I really love wagons. And right now there's no EV wagon. But what you could get is you could find yourself one second. I actually took a photo of it for you. I found the exact car for you. Unfortunately, we've known each other long enough where you're probably going to have a really good point. Yeah, I'm going to have a great fucking point. <laughs> fucking ain't right, man. This is... The modesty there. That's textbook Ryan modesty. <laughs> Give me a second. Okay. 1963 <clears throat> Polaro wagon with the AFX hood. I don't want that, but I do love wagons, and you know I love Polaros. That's a really good wagon. It's the most dreadful abomination I've ever seen, but I love it. But you see, the thing is... This is eligible too. It's nineteen sixty-three. Imagine having an M five wagon mm-hmm. where it's just absolutely mid in every way. Or you could have this, which has a manual, has what's the displacement of the engine in the M five wagon? That's a four point four liter, so I, don't I know. okay. So it is small. Uh, it, it's a two seventy five, maybe a three hundred uh cubic inch engine. This I will guarantee you has more engine oh, than that. Definitely, because even the the smallest um, slant six that you can get with a Polara. Does that had, timing chain have one or two rows? It is two row. Ah, twice yes. as many as the yep, M5. Twice as many rows of timing chain. Um, you, how many engines are available in the M5? One. One. Okay. How many turbochargers are on it? All of them are. Two. That's too two. many turbochargers. Yep. That that's two that things is, that can break. This has mm-hmm. none. That's good. Yep. It also doesn't have a bunch of... Does it have direct injection problems? It does not. It also does not have biodegradable electronics. Well, that's good. Yep. So, Does it have terrible nav in the dash that I can't get rid of? No, because wow. your navigation is your phone and your pocket. Nice. Very yeah. good. Mm. And you know how much this costs? $8. Yep. It's pretty much free. At those wheels are probably as expensive as the car. I will take it without the wheels then. Perfect. The factory wheels look cooler anyway. So that's just the thing. If I had a Polara, I would have like billet 14-inch Polara emblems made as wheels. Yeah, pretty much. Because the Polara emblem is one of my favorite automotive icons. You know, they they honestly probably have like a rally wheel where like that was the center cap. Um, But yeah, Polara wagon. This is actually called, because it is a wagon, they had to give it a, a different name. And I, it's not. There it is. Okay. But yeah, this one, this actually, this specific car is actually a Plymouth, so it's a Belvedere. But I want that as a wheel. Yes, you should. <clears throat> so you could just get that. There I'm you not going to get a Polara. I'm not, also not going to get an M5 Touring. I think it, yeah, but as I'm saying is if you want an M5 Touring, just get a Polara. It's the same thing. I don't see what the difference is. I have Mr. Wags. We're good. Yep, you have a much better vehicle. <laughs> like, an objectively better vehicle in every way. You have, you have the actual peak of BMW. They've been going downhill since then. And, and I also have Brexit, which is a yeah. horrible car. So I'm going to, mm. speaking of the peaks of vehicles, yes. I want to talk about the peak 
of the Brazilian domestic car market. We talked about this briefly at the liquor store. Uh, not this particular car. We did not, but you mentioned Brazilian. Brazilian beers. That's because I saw this. Uh, this is called the Santa Matilde. Oh, I like this. Yes. I don't know anything about it, but I really am intrigued so, by it. So there's two engine options. Wow. Also, the entire... Um, Articles wow. in Brazilian or in I know Portuguese. I just had to accept yep. Brazilian cookies. So um, it, yeah, you did. I um, did. So it Too has cool. two options for engine. Uh, your engine options are you can get a four hundred one cube uh, four point one liter stove bolt in line six. This came with a stove bolt. Yes, or a four cylinder turbo. That is a weird choice. Yes. Very strange choice. However, those are your cho- those are your options. This looks like it was made in the eighties. Because it was a stove bolt was still made in the eighties into the nineties in Brazil. Oh my goodness! They had a recession, <clears throat> so they just made the same, or they had a depression. They had an entire economic depression, so they just made the same engines from the sixties, like this forever. This has so much Renault Five, Mercure, Mercury Capri. This has so many different cars of influence in it. I'm so perturbed it's by it. It's so good. It's got like an FBE in it in the back. Oh, wait till you see the other photos of wow. it. It looks even more like an FBE when you get to the rear end. Oh my goodness, the taillights are actually FBE. Yeah. And that is a stove bolt. Yep. Motor uh, alcohol. Oh, oh yes, also it ran on ethanol. Because they couldn't afford gasoline, but they had plenty of sugar cane. So they made ethanol. So all the cars in the 80s were run off ethanol. So the straight ethanol? Yeah. Cool. Yes. Look Very at that cool. Interior. That's great. Yeah. No, that's a perfect car. That's got like Porsche gauges and I'm, a Porsche shifter. I am just Yeah, uh so um Look at that the designer Humberto uh, Dutarte, uh he actually based this to he tried to make an improvement upon the 911S. Like, for, like, driving, for, like, how it handles. Dude, but the like, controls are so very clearly Porsche. Yeah. No, there's a lot of Porsche all over this. Although, he put the key in the right place, which is, thank you. Exactly. Um, Duterte. That one. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, the engine was a 250S, Opala SS6 engine. <laughs> I love that you said Yes. engine. Um, I, have, I have one question. 171 horsepower, by the way. Out of the stove bolt? That's pretty good. It's very really good, good. On, on corn, yeah. Well, I suppose that's enough. I, I More timing. Now. Yes. Uh, uh, who, by, from whom was the turbocharged engine sourced? You know, I'm not sure. I'm Let very curious who. about that. So, the four-cylinder made 170 horsepower. Ooh. So, um, it did zero to sixty uh, or zero to one hundred kilometers per hour in thirteen seconds, which is very slow. Actually, I imagine they just stuffed the engine onto the rest of the drivetrain that'd be for the other one. Vernado Motor Chevrolet two hundred and fifty. I'm really happy. Um, I speak enough Spanish that I can almost read Portuguese because I'm trying to get to who actually made the engine. Luckily, it does not say who made the four cylinder. Damn it! Got to be Mitsubishi. Probably a Renault engine. Renault had turbo fours in the eighties? I imagine. I mean they had the Renault five. Oh yeah, good point. But I'm sure it wasn't. Just that watch engine. it was a launcher engine or something. It's something goofy. <sighs> but I know that Renault made a lot of cars and oh it could have been a Fiat actually. 
Fiat had a turbo four in the 80s? I know, I'm just thinking of what I know about the Brazilian car market in the 1980s hmm. when the Santa Matilde was made. I really want to know more about the turbo four option in this. The still bolt is cool and all, especially because it runs on Etno, but... Let's see 1979. Here. Let me double check. I'm going to do a quick search <laughs> to see if anybody has it. But yeah, this is like one of the best-selling uh, sports cars. I mean, of, just, and they that, made this until 1997, too, by the way. This is better than the FB because it doesn't have those terrible bezels around the taillights. So the... Yes, that's true. Uh, the four-cylinder turbo is a 2.5-liter turbo that made 140 horsepower. got to be. Um, the engines originally came from the Apollo... Which would be the six cylinder? Does not say. Well, two point five, dude. The only two point five liter four cylinder I can think of at that time was the Mitsubishi Dodge. Had independent suspension, four wheel independent suspension. That's really cool. Seventy nine, seventy eight. That's really. Seems pretty good. How are we? We should add this to the list of uh, carburetor cars of the year next year. By the way. Yeah, the Santa Matilde. (laughs) This is great. Like, yeah, I think... Um, I hate this, but I also love it. No, I'm in. I'm enamored with this car. This is so incredible. Like, you guarantee um, you could pull up to any show in this, and everyone will have to ask you what it is. Oh, yeah. So this is cool. Um, the body design was based off of Humberto Duterte's daughter, Anna Linda. Or Anna... Lydia. She had a great body, apparently. Um, she actually designed this originally. It was not designed off any other car. They used other parts from other cars that existed, <laughs> but the body design itself was an original design from the uh, engineer's daughter. Nice. Such a cool car. But yeah, they made it from. They made it for twenty years. That's got to be one of the best sealed beam impl- implementations I've ever seen. It's incredible. Like, I'm, i got to look at what the 97 Santa Matilde looked like. Oh, my God. Like, what did the last version of this car look like? How is this How is this so close to me? And I, I'm just finding out in my 30s that this car existed. Seriously, all the weird, obscure bullshit we've talked about with Carbocharge Car of the Year for the last eight years. And I, I'm just learning about weird Brazilian stuff. And, wow, yeah, the 90s one looked great. You just type in 1997 Santa Matilda. And... You'll see it. It's the front end's got like arrow headlights on it. Ooh, so I'm gonna like that. Yeah. This? Um yes, but there's uh gonna be one the this one right here. Okay. That's probably the best photo of it. Ooh. That looks really good. Oh man. Look at the oh it's got big wheels just, on it too. Just look at that. Just think of the fact that Ferrari made the 512TR and how garbage it looks and how well uh, they made aero uh, headlights look on this car. Uh, Do you see that? Are you, look, are you looking Both this? of them look good. No. Yes. This one looks good. The other one's terrible. It looks awful. It looks so bad. <laughs> ah, but this is incredible. They also had a mid facelift where they had square sealed beam headlights. Ooh, I got to go back yeah, to Yeah, and it kind of looks like a cross between. It, there's a photo of a red one. Um, and if, better if you type in like nineteen. Is that it? No, no, no it'll be. It, there's a red one. Nineteen. It's outside. If you scroll down, if you go to Google Images, which I'm in. No, you were clicked on that. I'm in now images. You, now scroll down a little bit. Oh my god, you, what the fuck is wrong? With oh, that? uh, that's because it took out the year. No, oh, you have to have the year. Yeah, and then scroll down a little bit. Oh, oh, no, that was the ninety-seven. D- type in nineteen ninety. Mm. Oh, there it is. There this it is. guy. Yeah, that guy. That looks great. Actually, maybe this is probably a better image. 
If you take a Dodge Lancer from the 80s oh my God, and you made a two-door sports car of it, it'd be a Santa Matilde. From See, the- there's no method. This is high resolution. It's the exact same method I use for everything else. This looks so good. The TheGarageCom.br. I absolutely want to get a Brazilian car. I love the logo. It's so good. This car is incredible. I cannot get enough of the Santa Matilde. I just love how it sits. I mean, look at that. It looks like look a V8. It. It's a perfect car. It looks like a V8 Vantage, the first gen V8 Vantage. And it's got a stove bolt in it. Well, I want the turbo engine, but yeah. I want the stove bolt. Because well, it'll fix it with a hammer. Well, also, it makes the most incredible noise. It will sound better than the four cylinder. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure they only put the two five four cylinder in because the stove bolt ceased to be made. <laughs> um, that would make sense. Because it makes hey, almost the same horsepower. Are we going to keep making the Santa Matilde next year? Yeah. So hear me out. Uh, the stove bolt is ceasing production in 2012. Oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. What else can we get? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. An actual reenactment of what happened. I just, I, I cannot imagine, like, how incredible this would be to drive. Because, like, I really love stove bolts. It's like and... a non-crappy E24 6 Series. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Like, take an E24 6 Series, like, a Mazda 626 Coupe. An E24 6 Series, a yep. Mazda 626 Coupe. A Porsche 944 and an FB. The interior is all Porsche yeah, 944. Yeah, I'll give you a 944 interior. And then, like, the front clip from, like, a Lee Iacocca Arrow, like, not K-Car Dodge. Like a, uh, like a Shelby Horizon front end. Yeah, or like, or like a Rampage or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, it's all color-keyed, too, yeah. just like a Rampage. Yeah, like, it, it's a perfect combination of everything. Like, this is an incredible vehicle. I can't get enough of that. I it, like that all three facelifts look good. Yeah, no, I can't they, think of another car where all of the variants. They never look made good. this car look bad. Four point one. I like that they called it a four point one. I love that. Oh, whoa, whoa! It's a picture of the convertible. I see that. Let me see the convertible. Oh, yeah, it's a drop top. I really like that. Well, the picture came from the nineties. Oh, look at that! Advertising the disc brakes, the removable hard top. That would be so cool. Wow! Why would you buy a by turbo when you could have a sentiment? Tilda. Yeah. Like, this is an incredible vehicle. Also, can we appreciate that they still have a drinking straw for a tailpipe? Yeah. Because the stove bolt doesn't make any power? Yeah, you don't need it. Well, actually, 171 horse is pretty good. Yeah, probably a scavenging effect exhaust. Oh, so good. Which would be incredible. I Why are we learning about this today? I'm so mad that nobody told me about this. Uh, credit where it's due, Ed's Auto Reviews, it came up in my YouTube algorithm recommendations and i needed something on in the background that was car related so i didn't get bored at work and i threw on the history of the uh, or the brazilian automotive industry because i wanted to learn more about I it i could see you clicking on that yeah i wanted yeah. to learn more about it and i knew that especially there if it's was long form yep this is 48 minutes let's yep. watch that absolutely that's exactly <laughs> what i wanted long form content about the brazilian automotive industry like that just shows me like so many cool things in the world like I, that's the thing with that car is, is like I know, like in America, to me a perfect car is an EF Civic or like an E30, or you know like I, the best car, yeah, yeah. Like I've seen what I need to from the American world. Like I want to see other weird shit from around the world. You could drive one of these home. The Darien Gap. I was actually asking, like, what does it take to get a car across the Darien Gap? And I don't know yet. Nobody answered me. It's a secret. 
But I'd need to get a car from South America to the United States. I absolutely want a Santa Mateo. Bolto had talked about that a while ago to me. Wonder yes, we, we were talking oh, about great. that. There's, there's a flying asshole in here. I'm telling you, dude. You just got to make some chlorine down there. Oh, yeah. No, that'll happen. There's a wasp inside, just so everyone that's listening knows yes. what we're on about. I just, man, I need to meet. I need to meet more Brazilian people so I can get a Santa Matilda. Um, are you gonna go take care of this problem? Get it, get it, get it! Oh God, did you get it? Sure did. Good. Killed him dead. Tell your friends what you just saw. Dead men tell no tales. Anyway. <laughs> That's why I threw his corpse out where his buddies live. We will, we will have additional Brazilian <laughs> car content in following weeks. As I also, this is going to be on the next World Cup of uh, Cars. Well, well, Charge Car of the Year, I, maybe. If I, remember, but, if I remember that. But, um, if we don't remember, listeners, tell you us. tell us aggressively. Tell us how great Hey, you idiots, you forgot I about might, the Santa Matilda. It, hey, maybe in the next four years I'll have bought one. Because <sighs> if I could afford one right now, if I could... How much are these? I can't, they can't be much. Right. Like, how much, like, at most, maybe $15,000 is what I'm assuming. Would you get a convertible or a hardtop? Or hard a convertible top. with a hardtop? I would probably get the hardtop, because I'm imagining when that soft top has anything fail, I will not be able to source any of it. Uh, Just you watch. It's probably sourced from some other car. Yeah. No, it's absolutely sourced from some cars from Europe that we never got here, but it was, like, widely available in Brazil. Maybe the top was made by ATS. Who knows? You never know. But... I would get the hardtop, uh, get that functioning air conditioner also with the stove bolt. That means that there is a vintage air AC kit with brackets, so I can have air conditioning in that bad boy. The rear, the more I look at it, the more it reminds me of an Alfetta. Kind of. It's like shape. An, yeah, like an Alfetta, F, FB. Yeah, Not the taillights are still very SA22C, I should say, not FB. It's a good-looking It is. It is the pre-facelift first-gen RX-7. Also, it reminds me of a um, a lot of a 1986 Mazda 626 Coupe. Can we talk about how early this was for molded bumpers, too? Yeah. If you look at like the 80s era 626s, this looks a lot like that. I would say even earlier than 86. It's like Dude, this has like E36 era crash bumpers on it. Yeah, in the no, 70s, it's incredible. It is an incredible car. Like it really, they just knocked out of the park. Yes, um, the early 80s 626s looked a lot like that. 1983 626 scoop. It, 80, it, like it was more of like a Japanese design, but you can see like pretty similar. Not quite the same. I gotta get the rear end here. Let me keep going back because maybe it's an earlier one. Maybe it's a. There we go. This guy. Yeah, I see it there. Yeah, it, it's got the profile of that. And then there was a Mazda that had those taillights. Was it the Luce? The, Luce? the what was that, like the Pulsar or something in the 80s that had very similarly shaped taillights, too? I'm just, you know, there's a Mazda that was of that era. That is, it's going to drive me insane. Going back I, to the Santa Matilda. Yeah. There's a Mazda had similar taillights in the 80s, and I think it was a Mazda Luce. Pizza Luce? Uh, that's, how I remember, that's how I learned how to pronounce oh, the Mazda Luce. What a Luce. fabulous car. Just look at that. But yeah, no. Would you just look at that? Would you the, look at it? The Santa Matilda is a perfect car. Like, what the fuck? Why do we lose our... Why, why do we blow our wad over the Puma GTI, which is this, cool. Don't get me wrong. Pumas are great. But like... 
This is the same year as Blubsky, and it looks like it was made in the 90s. Yeah, it's an incredible machine. I cannot oh, get enough of that. Oh, shoot, yeah, it is only a two-door. I can't buy one. It's a Ryan's sports have to car. Get one. Yeah, Ryan's left. He'll have to get one. It's a sports car. Yeah, I need four doors. You don't have kids. You're not going to have kids. What do you need four doors? I like how they look. This is fine. Get the convertible. Well, yeah, okay. I can make an exception for convertibles. Yeah, get a convertible. You get the convertible, get the hard top. Perfect. We'll have two cent of a tilt. The only two cent of a tilt is in the entire country. We'll get free food from Fogo de Chao for the rest of our lives. St. Paul is the cultural epicenter of Brazilian 70s cars. Just you wait. Yeah, just two people happen to really like them. <laughs> Conveniently go down 7th the opposite direction at the same time. Hey! Hey! Wow! <laughs> Imagine bringing this to Intermark. I would... Intermark would... No, you know what the fuck is going on. I would park it and walk away. That'd be so good. I'd park at it and look at it in awe. I'm like, wow, look at this thing. This thing's and, great. Who drove this? Here? Yeah, exactly. Just to see what people would say. I'd be is so excited. A, <laughs> Santa Maria? Yeah, it's a Santa Matilde. Matilde. Santa Matilde. I was thinking, yeah, that was the bad like, ship that did genocide. Well, also, you can think of Matilda, the movie. with Great film. Yeah. So, the Santa Matilde. Oh, so good. Uh, anyway, tell me about uh, the Super Bugger. Oh my goodness, I'm not much of an RV guy, and I play the Grand Tour game where every time I go down the road and oh, I see, yes. every time I see an RV, it's like you play anal, I saw an anal mini on the way here, mm. that's the extent of which I play with RVs, not I, at all. I actually do like RVs, they're pretty cool. Do you like the idea, then, of a Volkswagen Beetle, an air-cooled one, pre-new Beetle, that has had the A-pillar and back chopped off yes. of it, and a pickup camper put onto it. Absolutely. With some 70s graphics that's a super bugger? Yeah, no, it's great. That sounds I, like a great car. You know, I don't know how fast this could go at its maximum speed. I'm guessing very slowly. But I bet you if you traveled in this, you would be having a very good time. How could you not? Look at it. It's... I, it's got the 70s have wheels seen, on it. I mean, you've seen the Saab 92H motorhome, right? I'm not sure if I have. Oh. Saab 92H motorhome. 92H motorhome. Oh, is that an officially produced thing? Yep. That's a Saab. Okay, so that looks like the, the man that made the drivable sofa and the driving shed. That looks like that, but this is actually a thing. Um, okay, yeah, this is very much of the same vein. That's a perfect. That, that's a camper. That's a real camper. Oh, whoa, oh I'm sorry. Oh, I, wow, that's a machine. What a machine. I don't. Mm, oh, man. Okay, so one is very European, 1960s, 70s. The other one is a very American. It's yes. got like those. What do, you, I don't know, what do you call those? I saw them on tradesman vans, those wheels. Oh, they're turbines. The turbines, man. Like, this thing is just 1970s Americana, even though it's a German bug. But the the best part about this thing, other than its name, which is the Super Bugger, and it's so that Saab. Sorry, I'm actually on the I'll go back to the Saab, Saab, yes. Saab's website. Yep. Saab, it's Saab. actually called the Saab 95H Husblin, which means what camper van. Okay, <laughs> obviously, of course. I imagine Hus means house and Berlin means van. I am Swedish, but I don't speak Swedish. I'm neither. Um, but yeah. I love old campers. Why put in wheel wells when you don't need them? 
Uh, this one actually is a modified. If you look at the 95H, who's spleen? Um, oh, I guess they did have the optional. They had optional wheel wells, depending on the year, I oh, guess. Oh, that's not as cute with the wheel wells. It really looks good. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't like that as much. I imagine the no wheel wells to make it more aerodynamic. So anyway, the Super Bugger. Has a Super Bugger on it? Yep. And it's probably god-awful, but I really like it. How bad could it be? It's no different than a Vanagon. Except you can get parts for this. Yeah. Yeah, you travel the country in a 2.5 liter Vanagon. You're not getting parts for that. No. You are getting parts for Correct. this. Correct. Air-cooled parts are so in deserts is, and things. This is better. This is better. Yeah. Also, it's got like a little... Or you can get a Saab 95H Husplein, which I imagine Shown would be here, either powered by a three-cylinder two-stroke or a, or a v- V4 four. two-stroke. No, it's a four-stroke. Is it? The it's V4 is? Yeah, because oh. it's from a Ford Taunus. So it's got the V4 in it then. Well, because the V4 is the Taunus engine. So they made the three-cylinder two-stroke, and then people were like, you can't have a two-stroke. And they're like, all right, fine. We need to put another engine in. I guess we should go find a four-cylinder. We only and have then, 15 like, inches of dimension. And then they're like, clearly unionized engineer department, uh, which was like threatening to go on strike if they didn't find some other weird fucking engine. It was like, here's a four-cylinder, but it's a V. Perfect. Ta-da, it's from a Ford Taunus. I don't care what it's which from. Which is from it fits. an awkwardly named Ford from England. Taunus. Such a weird name. Yeah, well, the name, Superbugger, is very good. Yeah, that's cool. I like it. It's clearly made from a Super Beetle. Mm-hmm. Which is the extended wheelbase one that nobody wants. Yeah, it's not good. You don't want that one. Right, but it's got a camper on the back, so you can't tell... Yeah, I'm just thinking, I, I guess it's more, it, it'd be easier to come by than a Saab 95H. Also, nobody cares if you break a Super Beetle. Everyone hates the Super Beetle. I'm sorry, I just wanted to look at a Ford console really bad, so I just brought up a photo of it. You know what, I'm just going to go back to the Santa Matilda. Can you bring up a photo of the Ford console? Oh, I can't, I've got this on my screen. Oh. Ford consoles looked goofy, though. C-O-N-S-O-L-E? C-O-N-S-U-L. Come on. <laughs> oh, like the personality type? Yeah. Oh, C-O-N-S-U-L. I hate this so much more. Look at the weird headlights of the blue one. Oops. Yeah! Look at that. It it's looks a, like a mini Thunderbird. It's like a Citroen on me and like Richard's Triumph 2000. I don't like this. It's too old. Together. It's too old. It's so strange. I don't like it. I love that. It That's do- a car. Oh, man. It's very much got the uh, the D this color is... of the uh, yeah. Harry Potter car. No, yeah, of the Ford Anglia. Yeah, Anglia. This is... <clears throat> I'm going to go I ahead. don't like this. I'm going to say that this is a 1961. Oh, my God. I was right. 61 to 63. Because that's a 61 Ford This fender. is a 62. Yeah. So 61 Fords had that weird fender where the fender curved up a whole lot. It anyway, so cool. the Santa Matilda. Wow, the rear what end a car. The, the console's rear end looks really cool, too. What a great-looking machine this is. Wow. Yeah, but let me show you this console's <laughs> rear end. Okay. Do you see what's connectable with the bumper? That's pretty good. That's a tow bar? Yeah, it is a trailer hitch. That seems like a pretty European car, so I'm going to call that a tow bar. Yeah. Well, it is European because the Ford console was unique to the U.K. market. What a machine. Man, was it even the UK in that era? Or was it just know. Britain? I don't know. I mean, nobody really wants to be part of Britain. Not even anymore. The, even the Welsh don't want to be part of that. 
I do like the infighting between whales and mainland Britain. I, I like all of it. I like. I, I think they should all have little promos. My Welsh uh, YouTube subscriber that gave me all of Brexit's MOT records. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> Very good. I love that. All right. It's like you probably weren't looking for it, but here you go, mate. I'm, oh, I'm I'm thank thrilled you. about that. That's great. It's like, wow, I found out that it hadn't been on the road in five years before I bought it, so that makes a lot of sense. It actually makes a ton of sense. There's though. a lot of rust in the cooling system. Yeah. Mm. Well, well I know how to clean it out. Uh, I got rid of the engine. <laughs> oh. well, it was a good did engine. You, did you clean out the heater? Engine? Fuck no. Mm. It's fine. It's an S52. It doesn't care. Well, I mean, the heater. You could have a functioning heater. It does. It's connected. Does it work? Yes. I use it all the time to cool the engine off because it gets so hot. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. Perfect. But I put a four-inch thick intercooler in front of it, and it was a non-AC car, so there's no holes in the front of it. Uh, so it likes to overheat. Why don't you put AC front end on it? I don't have one. They're really hard to find sheet metal for. It's a sheet metal uh, difference. Uh, I, well, there's more Orify on the AC cars. Why don't you poke holes? I don't want to cut into an original piece of sheet metal. It's fair. I'm I guess gonna I make it less fast. I don't know what I'm talking about, so I guess I can't give you any good console about it. So That's, it doesn't matter to me. God, I appreciate your pun, but I also hate it. On that bombshell, <sighs> thank you everyone for listening. We will catch you next week.